I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time we are traveling back to 2001 to take the first look of an amazing franchise that is The Fast and the Furious. Isn't that right, George? That's right. 20 years ago, pretty much to, to the day. I mean, I think we're recording a week after its, yeah, its official 20-year uh, anniversary, its release uh, in the States of two, you know, end of June. I think it's June 22nd, 2001, to be precise. Wow. And so um, why, why now, George? I mean, is there, have they decided to make a, a, another one? Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. It's the type of film that you would think round about now they'll be talking about, hey, you know what film we could remake is The Fast and the Furious. But they haven't needed to do that because they haven't stopped making them. Haven't stopped. So we're up to the, so this is about Fast I think it's just called FF9. I don't know. It depends on what well, marketing you're looking at. Fast and Furious 9. Um, it depends on whereabouts in the world you are, but I think it's known in uh, North America and the UK as F9 The Fast Saga. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're getting creative. They, they have liked to get creative, and I think we'll probably talk about that at some stage in this. So we are going to be focusing on the original. I noticed that if you look on, you try and buy this on streaming on Apple, and it's like, it's, it just says Fast and Furious, and then underneath the original, in case we've made so many of them, you're not sure which is which. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will touch on that later in the podcast. I think our usual feature of suspicious spinoffs will probably be a good time to cover the various spinoffs and have some fun with it. Um, um, but yeah, if you've listened before, you know what to expect. Uh, George and I are brothers, yada, yada, yada. George, you want to give a disclaimer about Fast and Furious? Uh, yeah, so um, this podcast, Retro Ramble, is all about Charlie and I going back and rediscovering the films that we grew up with. We're going to go into the films uh, discussed in uh, lots of detail, so there will be spoilers from the very off. It's a light-hearted look at, at these films. Uh, it's not a in-depth critical appraisal so we intend to you know have a bit of fun but give you a bit of trivia give you our opinions and yeah i say it's more of a an affectionate look back i would be interested to read an in-depth critical appraisal of any fast and furious film like by some really highbrow film critic that that would be interesting and uh, like in a, in a positive way rather than a derogatory way. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Just somebody who was just totally on board from the first boost of NOS. The extension of car, this man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they'll, I say there'll be spoilers from, from the very off. Um, there'll probably be some juvenile humor, bad impressions. We aim to entertain. But this is about the, yeah, so this is about the 2001 Fast and Furious film. We will be talking about the other films that feature in the franchise when they come up or they, they occur to us. Um, but this is the, the Paul Walker, Vin Diesel. Um, this, is, this is how it all began. Uh, this, is, this is where it all came from. So sit back, chill out and listen to- Open George a Corona. Opener Corona, yeah, yes, because that's what they, I mean, there's some brilliant product placement in this film, but um, go back to a time when, when times were simpler, when, when all you needed was just, you know, fast car to get by in life. Uh, so here it is, Fast and Furious, the original. Enjoy the show.
Enjoy. Two G buy it. Winner takes all. I don't have any cash, but I do have the pink slip to my car. You brave. You brave. You're in. Do it fast. Do it furious. On the street, where reputations are made. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. In a world beyond the law. Shit! You drive like you've done this before. No, never. If you have what it takes. You want a beer? Yo, Dom, why'd you bring that fool here? Because he kept me out of handcuffs. You can have it all. My brother likes you. Usually he doesn't like anybody. But when rivalries are a way of life. I thought we had an agreement. You stay away, I stay away. When loyalty is all that matters. You don't know this punk, Dom. Watch your back. You break a heart, I'll break your neck. Would you be willing? Yeah, stick by me. Maybe. To risk everything. Smoke. I live my life one mile, quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Tom, I'm, I'm still working on my bad Vin, Vin Diesel impression. Vin Diesel, actor, producer, a, musician? S- musician. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. So, George, 2001, The Fast and The Furious. How did we get this? This film that, that could potentially be successful enough to make another few so it all starts uh with a magazine article remember magazines um (laughs) so in 1998 a uh, 25 year old journalist called ken lee wrote an article for vibe magazine vibe (laughs) Vibe. kelly fan so not to be confused with vice no, vibe. Right. Um, as, as in R. Kelly. Um, and the article was all about an underground street racing scene in New York. The article, which was named Racer X, uh, followed a 30-year-old uh, guy called uh, Rafael Estevez. Um, I don't know if he's related to the Estevez, as in... Charlie, As in the Martin, the Monchine family. No. <laughs> and also, and a bunch of other car freaks uh, who bet loads of money on their souped-up Asian sports cars. So Universal picked up the rights to the article and sat on it for two years. Uh, and then director Rob Cohen came along, him and producer Neil H. Moritz. So Neil Moritz uh, runs the independent production studio Original Film. They're best known for doing the I Know What You Did Last Summer films. That's not uh, very original. Uh, they <laughs> did. And well, I know uh, the, the ironic thing <laughs> is, I think they're behind the Total Recall remake and the Robocop remakes. So it's like they do a so bunch of remakes and they're called original film. So it's not even a clever name. Okay. No. Or maybe um, it is. It's ironic. Okay. So yeah, they, they they came on board and the film is credited to four writers. Um, and I think Ken Lee's one of the credited writers um, as the original article. But one of the 
writers is David Ayer. And David Ayer would go on to uh, write Training Day and then he would write and direct End of Watch, Fury and The Suicide Squad. Or so suicide. We have got, we've got a lot to, not just the, the, the various sequels, we've got a lot to, more to thank this film for. Yes, and it was, it was David Ayer um, and it's kind of unsurpris- unsurprising when you look at David Ayer's other films. It was his suggestion to move it from New York to uh, the West Coast, to to uh, California, because in his his mind, it was originally a mostly white and suburban story, whereas you've got a more diverse cultural background in LA with obviously the Hispanic community, Asian community, and arguably that's been a huge part of the Fast and Furious um, movies is its very diverse ethnic cast. So yeah, that's the, the main background of it um ken lee admits that very little of his original article appeared in the final product as you would kind of expect but yeah i say rob cohen the director is a versatile if um <laughs> why, why 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 am i suspicious when you use that word versatile it, he made it, porno if if <laughs> journeyman director i mean yeah, he's just done a lot of random films. So he did uh, The Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. All right, I'll watch that. With he did Brandon. Uh, yes. No, not Brandon. Uh, that's with Jason Scottley. Not Sorry, Jason Scottley. I knew there was a relative in it, though. Um, I'm not sure if he's a relative. Shut up. <laughs> Don't spoil this. Don't spoil he this. did uh, Dragonheart. Okay, so mainly films with the word dragon in so far. Okay. Yeah, Daylight, which we mentioned. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. After, yeah, we, we mentioned back in our cliffhanger podcast. Yeah, so he's done like, and he also would go on to do Triple X with uh, Vin Diesel. But yeah, wow. he had made a film with Neil Moritz called The Skulls, which is about like a secret, um, you know, like Yale Society type thing, which starred. Paul Walker. Then I think when they were making that, they were like, hey, he's got this really hot script. I think he'd be great for it. So that's where Paul Walker came into the frame. Obviously, actor, singer, director, producer, (laughs) Vin Diesel. He was, his star was kind of on the rise at at the same time. So he had, um, he'd had sort of supporting parts in Saving Private Ryan and Boiler Room. But it wasn't really until I think Pitch Black, which was That's the, year the be- film that launched him, yeah, yeah, which was the year before this, that kind of sort of launched him. So he was a hot property. Um, yeah, Paul Walker was. Uh, in Cohen's words, Walker had a great combination of male beauty, intelligence, heart, and testosterone. Whoa, sounds like a bit of a, a man crush going on there, a bit of a mm. bromance. But mind you, I can kind of see. I was like for ten minutes into this film, it's like, is the camera lingering on Paul Walker too long, or is it me? Such so, so dreamy, so dreamy. <laughs> so yeah, that's the um, pre-production on it. And interestingly, nowhere in my notes is there any credit or legal dispute uh, about its similarities to Point Break. That was gonna. I was gonna say. I have a question. I was gonna say. Where, where is the? I mean, do you think that? Let's give the film some credit. Do you think that maybe in the genesis of this idea that they were like, well how when they came, maybe we just don't know the narrative, like how when they were deciding on the story, it's like, well, so what is it? Because the film starts different to Point Break in that um, we don't know he's a cop. 
um, just just yet, do we? Like it's he's it's yeah. it's revealed later on. It's a slower uh, reveal, isn't it? It's about it's a, twenty minutes in or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's a much slower reveal. Um, but yeah, I mean the. <laughs> Because it is just, it's point break with cars, isn't it? Because even some of the lines, I think in terms of your, what you were saying before about the legal ramifications, there's a, there's a line and we're jumping ahead, but like when they say, because what's his character? Um, Vin, uh, Vin Diesel's character. Dom. Dom Toretto. It's, it's Toretto. It's always been Toretto. That's like a line out of um, Point Break. Yeah, we say it's always been him. You know, like you you couldn't see beyond it. You you did 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 I get too close? I mean, you could argue that that sort of story device has been around for ages. You know, the guy that's undercover who falls in love. Oh, I, and goes. You know, you know it's, it's yeah, it's a bit Donny Brasco, the guy who yeah. goes undercover and goes too deep. So I think that's probably where they get some. But I mean, maybe maybe we're just looking at this too much through retro ramble eyes, George. You know, we're like this is Point Break, man. Um, well, no, I remember there was a bit of hoo ha when it first came out that it was like everyone's like oh well, it's just point break and cars it's 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 a very it's a remake of point break but i think obviously the story is original enough yeah. different enough not to warrant a, a a lawsuit yeah to sort of say oh well yeah there's loads of you know undercover cop stories and infiltrating the gang as you say um it's just the only thing because i mean we let's get this out uh, let's deal with this from from the get go. Yeah, I mean, the I was continually making comparisons with uh, Point Break when I was watching this, and I think this film does things in a two thousand and one way. Uh, it's a much better Point Break remake than that Point Break thing we talked. About, what was it, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, whatever? Still haven't seen it. Never gonna watch it. Never gonna see it. I don't know. The in Point Break, it's much more about that. You can understand much more about why Keanu Reeves' character gets sucked in. In this, it's let. I don't understand why he gets sucked in. Like he's supposed to be a cop. He's supposed to be undercover. Isn't it just that it's what we've talked about? He just falls in love with Dom, like in a brotherly way. Like oh, I know you mean total... you mean Mia, right? Not Dom. Oh, sorry, oh, I mean no. I'm no Mia. Sorry, it's yeah. Mia. Yeah, it's not Dom. Um, no, that I was thinking that as well. Uh, without sound, I mean obviously, Point Break is a ridiculous film. We love Point Break very much, and you can go back and listen. One of our first uh, earliest podcasts. Our fifth. Fifth yeah. episode? Yeah, you can go back and listen to it. But yes, it is a ridiculous film, but it does, as you, you're right, he sells, it sells the relationship between the leads, more dynamic that, you know, Canary's falling under Patrick, persuade me, uh, Patrick Swayze's spell. He falls in love with surfing. You know, he's, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a way of life. Whereas this is just like, I need a fast car. He's, he's not, he doesn't seem to be in love with the cars. It's just more of a, a means to an end. And he's clearly already a talented driver. We don't see, he doesn't have to go through any, uh, there's no arc of, oh, no. he's shit. He doesn't get it. He turns up and he's amazing. Uh, and it's like, okay. Um, so much that arouses um, Toretto. I mean, Toretto's interest mm. in Brian. Um, so, I love you, Brian. So uh, we've we've had the production chat. Um, should we just quickly cover off? I think it would be. I I, I don't think it'd be a good time to cover it because I can't remember anything. First memories of the film. I remember like what were we doing? It was two thousand and one. We just had the millennium. Um, Robbie Williams was was a big thing in pop music. Um, so I was uh, in my last year of. I was just finishing uh, my A levels. Yeah. And uh, for me, there, there is a little bit of an emotional connection to this because I literally had just passed my driving test around about the time this film came out. Right. Uh, I didn't see it at the cinema. I remember watching it on DVD 
um, with, I think, fairly sure with with uh, James Glendinning, surprisingly, a bit of uh, a bl- blast from the past. Um, Drinking bingo. Yeah. Glendinning. Uh, w- yeah, watching it over a few beers. And yeah, I remember it. I had a kind of a little bit of a cultural phenomenon at the time. I remember loads of chavs and there was a guy um, uh, like a, a friend of a friend that had a really souped up car along with the leds along the bottom but ironically in the uk at least it was illegal to drive with them on as you're, you're driving along because people might think you're a police car or something even if it's a completely different color yeah only it's only when you're parked it's only when you're bombing around went with car parks we know that these street races were happening down there george we just weren't part of it were we well that's it there's like there's a, there's a certain <laughs> part of like there's the American allure of street racing, but when you look at it in the UK, it's, it's just like it's such a charmer thing. It's like, yeah, check out me Easter. Check out me body colored bumpers, man. I've like got some like LEDs going on and some like bossa tunes at the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is slightly different to um I just love how established it is in the US. One of my favorite lines in this film is when it's all kicking off. The street races, there's some, the guy's like, yeah, this road's closed. And the guy goes, goddamn street races. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's so well known that the guys like the public have a problem with it. We're telling um, we need to move away. There's too many street races. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I say that I have a little bit of an emotional uh, connection. I was never uh, a, a boy racer. I think you were, you were a little bit of a boy racer, but you never went as far as you loved your driving, but you never went as far as pimping up your car in a piss poor fashion. I had a Renault Clio and it had black bumpers and I got, and I just spent 200 quid and I got them body colored. Those babies had to be white. So I remember yeah. that. Uh, and I got some speakers put in the back. So yeah, I was, and no, I did, I did love my driving and we, we lived in an area with some great roads uh, that were very quiet. Um, but yeah, but it was, this was pre Fast and the Furious that this, I didn't need to fall in love with. Um, you were setting the trend in with, in the in the time valley but it was it was the honda i do remember the honda civic craze the fact that it was the honda it was the honda civics and the volkswagens because they were just so customizable you could uh, either they were or they, i think there were so many different models of them but both the honda civics and the and the golfs they were just like sw- they could swap everything out so you could lights you know trims lowered suspension obviously leds came a bit later and it but it was a lot of money and that's kind of where this, this story starts, isn't it? I mean, so just to cover off my first memory. So I can remember, I think you probably told me that I need to see this film. Because um, I, I remember watching going, yeah, it seems very uh, young. I think this is for, it was for a younger generation. I was just like, this seems to be targeted this to what towards what we would have been when we were watching the films that we cover at Ramble. So I think had this come out when we were younger, we would have eaten this up. You know, we would have oh, been all over it. It would have been a 14 year old's dream. Yeah, because it's all—it's the action, it's the car chases, um, and it's um, yeah. So I, I kind of remember as thinking, oh yeah, this is sort of because um, the hip hop really tells you where what time uh, uh, this this what, this, this well, no, hip hop. Well, it's you've got your you've got your um, hip hop, you've got your your rock music, and you've got the lovely early noughties fusion of new metal. So you know your. Slip, uh, LinkedIn, Link, LinkedIn, Linkin Park, I think, feature at least. Once. Yes, and Limp Bizkit. Um, and, and don't, hey, Jules, I'm, don't I'm forget not, on the on the hip hop side, it's Jar Rule, bitches. He's <laughs> on the soundtrack. He's in the film, um, and, he's, and he's terrible at, at both. Yeah, poor Jar Rule. <laughs> Love Jar Rule. Love Jar Rule. Not so much after Fire Festival, but no. um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, will uh, guiltily admit I remember 
I say I just passed my driving test and I was driving around and I was actually listening to Linkin Park and Ja Rule. Come on, George, just lay it all out on the table. I did like Living It Up. It's a it's a happy go lucky song. I liked Ja Rule until nobody else did, and then you were like, we were told you're not allowed to like him anymore. There are cooler rappers around. You're like, okay, okay, we'll move on. Who's this Eminem guy? Okay, yeah. So um, he's undercover because we we find this out. So he's turning up. He's just looking dreamy. He's ordering his tuna sandwiches. Um, he's showing he's showing off his his, his varied act, um, his acting range. Um, and Dom is all mysterious. And he's he's sweaty, he's sweaty, sweaty, he, sweaty, and mysterious. He's ordering tuna sandwiches without the crusts off to show he's in touch with the sensitive side. Yeah, I mean, um, she's she's hot to trot, and she's she's still in the franchise today. Uh, so good for her. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. They both look. I mean, you say they both look so young. Paul Walker changes very very slightly over the films it is in his hair gets slightly shorter but Vin Diesel looks so young watching this now because um George and I in preparation for this have obviously gone and watched as much Fast and Furious as possible for me um that was one film uh which was the the sixth film and the difference between Fast and Furious 6 and this original it's um almost jaw-dropping um so we've got the let's talk about well, we the have pro- we have it opens i'm trying to think does it open with the the heist the, the, the i was gonna say heist? no so there's there's a few things that are early on so i i, I want to say that it's um uh that it kind of op- opens th- with there's a street race and then there's a heist isn't there isn't that how it goes yeah or I'm, I'm trying to think you've obviously got him testing out his car and he needs more knocks he That's- needs more knocks baby that's uh, NOS. Is NOS. it NOX or NOS? NOS. I think it's nitrous NOS. oxide. NOS. Um, NOS. I think it's like NOS. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, I think he's first introduced like spinning his car because he can't control the power. Um, but you've got, yeah, you've got the opening heist with the pimped up Honda Civics with the green lighting. And they're are, after we, so- are, we, are we driving in formation tonight? Have you noticed how often the, the, the driving in formation in this film? I love it. And they haven't kept it on in the more recent films. I love it. Uh, well, I, I just love the fact that it's like, Whoa, what they're going to be stealing? Is it going to be, you know, nuclear weapons? Is it going to be gold bullion? No, it's DVD and TV combos. Yeah. Millions of dollars of shipments, Brian. We're talking up to six million. It's like, how many DVD players are in that truck? I think that's what's so hilarious watching this film now after coming off the back of Fast and Furious 6 where there's a tank. <laughs> you know, there's a bloody tank, tank and uh, um, no- microchips, knock lists, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock lists and nuclear nuclear warheads and all that sort of mm. stuff. And then in this one, it's like, this is getting serious. They're Do you knock- want to buy some DVD players? <laughs> Do you want to buy some DVD players and some TV knockoffs? And it's like, serious, Brian, the, the drivers are going to start arming themselves. This, this shit could get real. So, yeah, the small scale of this, it's funny to look back from now, as we do on Retro Ramble, but I found it strangely comforting. I was like, I really like how confined this film is yeah. how 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 low scale it is and i think that was the um, and for once again shining a light on hollywood and the idea factory that can be hollywood sometimes what they've done with this franchise it was it had a pretty neat formula like well yeah we can just keep up in the ante as um and as somebody recently put online it's just like oh shut up send them to mars already oh <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's what everyone's <laughs> reckoning it's like you, the only way is to go into space but we'll, we'll get to that yeah so um, um yeah, we've we got, we got about the heist the st- 
we've done the heist. We've got the the street race. So, yeah. as you say, uh, yeah, the street race is hilarious. They're literally. It seems like they've corned off half of LA for this street yeah. race for a quarter mile street race. And apparently, um, I was reading some trivia that it's um, supposed to be a quarter mile race which would take approximately 10 seconds in those cars. Yeah. However, the scene takes almost two minutes of screen time and shows the vehicles driving in excess of 150 miles per hour, faster than even a 12,000 horsepower Bugatti Veyron can accomplish in a quarter of a mile. Yeah. So let's suspend your disbelief just a little bit. Yeah. Um, there are, uh, I, I just, the, the setup of this is like, so he, he turns up with a completely over souped up car, which it's basically he's beating. He t- so he kind of like, I think as kids would say in today's world, he, he turns up with a complete OP car, overpowered car. Um, it's got more, it's, it's had more money spent on it than anyone around the table, anyone in the race can afford. And he still loses. Yeah. No, but, but it's, he it's, wins respect. But I love the amount and it's through, I forgot like, and again, it's sort of, they, they, they bring it, I think they still have to pepper in, um, some of the other films, but uh, yeah, the amount of car tech, car jargon, car nonsense, danger to manifold. What the hell does that mean? You know, yeah. and he's got the like the laptop set up and he's. he's oh, that's hilarious. He's like clipping around the buttons, got to turn on the nose, whereas like um, Vin Diesel's character, Dom, has a much more realistic. It's just like a few knobs that he just flicks to turn on the nose, whereas Brian, Brian's got a yeah. laptop. But then he's going so fast, the bottom of his car falls out. I, I, I don't understand what's happening, but it's dramatic. And yet... And it still drives. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still fine for a car chase afterwards. Yeah. But yes, I forgot about... I mean, it's got... So as We've touched on the music, but there's some amazing noughties fashion. I, for one, would like to bring back the double wife beater look. That's a good look. I think we've talked about this before. It's come before. Uh, and I think you can only really get away with this in the climate of LA, um, which is just the waistcoat and nothing else. Oh, yes. Strong look. So really, I mean, you've got to be pretty well. I mean, you don't have to be necessarily well built to carry it off, but it says, you know, slightly baby oil. Slightly, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, Dom, lots of cutoffs and lots of sweat. He's just a mechanic, dirty, sweaty, gorgeous mechanic that Paul Walker can't wait to race with. <laughs> You never heard me. <laughs> I heard you. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we'll probably have to include a link to the fast and the curious at some point in the show notes. So we've. Um, this is the first meeting. There's obviously there's a race. I want to say he's a Bond bad guy, and he was also a bad yes. guy in one of the Olympus Has Fallen knockoff type films. Yes, uh, correct. Uh, Rick Yoon, uh, who would go on the following year to be. Um, What's he called? Uh, the guy with diamonds in his diamond face. face. <laughs> diamond face. Di- oh, good old diamond face. No, it's ironic. I, f- I found a really old on-set report article of this. And Rick Yude, I don't know if maybe he, he was sowing the seeds and he'd already signed on for Bond, but he was like, yeah, this is just like being on a Bond film. There's like loads of cars and tech and beautiful women. Um, so, yes, it's quite amusing. He would go on to, to star in Die Another Day and then do nothing. Um, um, speaking of that, speaking of women, there, was this a naughty's thing? There's a lot of ass being thrown around. There's a there's, lot of scantily clad women. Um, there's there's a lot of ass in this, but I, 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 like you, I mean, we obviously we share the same 
library and i don't i i seem to have missed a few of the the fast and furious but i have six in my google library and i thought oh well in the sixth one they would have toned down all the no, gratuitous no no, no there's no, still the still same there. amount of ace yeah it's like get, get the car you get the girls there's a lot of skanks there's a lot of skanks they are just they're no good racing skanks they're not even racing they're just there you know they don't want a piece of the action i think even michelle rodriguez says that she's like i smell skanks yeah 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 she does she calls them that i love her and um and ja rule loses his loses the race and his girlfriend i mean she's not shallow so yeah we've got the race and lo and behold you know um the cops turn up chase him down and who's there to catch dom everyone you know everyone books and um look Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. Uh, Brian's there. Great name, Brian. Not used enough characters. Not enough leading characters are called Brian. Um, yeah. So as I said, there's there's the usual. There's the, and then we have a few other things which we you could say links back to Point Break. There's those in the group that don't trust him. There's the girl. I love, I love that the, the guy. What's he called? The guy that's just in the 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 double the double vests. He's just constantly. He's a fucking narc. He's a yeah, that's it's all like, he says the whole time. Yeah, it's like I hate you. You're a cup. You're a cup. He's a cup. He's a cup. He's a cup. Yeah, and then the stakes get, and then we find out. You know, we find out obviously before the street race that he's a cop. But then he keeps going back and meeting with the cops, and they're like, Brian, this is serious. We're talking about an entire truck of TVs and. <laughs> It's like I mean, the fact that he's a cop. He's obviously not FBI because, you know, they were robbing banks in Point Break. This is like, well, they're robbing, oh, no, no, they're they're robbing is, trucks. He, he is FBI. Th- they don't they make it clear whether he's a cop or he's FBI, but FBI are definitely involved. I think FBI are involved. Is he not a detective? No, I think, it, I think in, in the later films, I don't know whether they retrofit it, but he is FBI. Well, actually, no, later on in this film, he does show his, he's, he's not just a, a beat cop. He knows his stuff around. He calls in choppers and he knows things to um, i think but, when, when, when the narrative suits it he's super cop but i love the, the yeah there's some good cop cliches i think towards the end you've got 36 hours left to bust this case yeah some brilliant ones it's like what do we say it's like well you know i'll give you one last throw of the dice it's always been toretto and i don't know if you you, you probably won't recognize him because he doesn't have his long hair in this but uh, brian's boss the guy with the glasses and the goatee is oh, none other than buffalo bill i know exactly who he is yeah my precious precious just get in the well, Brian. <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. I couldn't look at him the same way. I was like, oh my God, that's that guy. It's well, Bill. Um, but I mean, I think apart from so with the Noz uh, stuff where it turns into like light warp speed, I think some of the car action is pretty impressive. There's some good stunts. They, you know, they... they Very phys- lots of physical, physical yeah, um, explosions. They redo the, what I call the Clark Griswold manoeuvre when they drive, you know, under the truck. Yeah, they definitely that. been watching um, Clark Griswold do that. But no, I mean, all of the, the car driving in this is top notch. And the fact that it's there isn't any CGI really being employed yet, it's it's brilliant. And they've kept a lot of the physical stuff in the later films. But um, I think this, this film, for when it came out, it was like, yeah, this is a car chase film. This is mm. some crazy driving. Like, I mean, I mentioned it before, but is that the, did you get the text? Are we, are we driving in formation tonight? It's so impressive when they all turn up and they all, they're like driving right up each other's asses and yeah. just like parking. And it's like this, how do you show how much skill you've got? It's like this, this sort of driving. So the, um, the stunt drivers uh, were obviously very talented. Well, that's what I was going to say. And I remember that talking about this with, with James at the time, like the races itself, in this are pretty dull it's like 
it's a it's a straight line like a drag race it's almost like who can hold off pressing the nos button last wins yes there's yeah. not much the right skill to, as, as you say it's a, it is like you just effectively have you need a souped up car and know when to press the button yeah and I, I don't think it's until the one that you and i haven't seen tokyo drift where they introduce, oh, hang on, there's drift racing as well. And actually, wouldn't it be more interesting if they went around corners as well? Yeah, if it was a race. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the racing in this is not, in all honesty, is not that exciting. Yeah, and you've got that whole big uh, race meet. Um, was it Race Wars? Yeah. Du- dubious name. <laughs> Especially when you've got lots of different where all the, communities. <laughs> why are that? Where all, we were expecting, like, um, where are all the neo Nazis? It's not that type of race war. <laughs> not this type of race wars. And that was actually a working title for the film Race Wars. Race War. <laughs> race war. <laughs> are you going to go and see Race Wars 6? <laughs> so, yeah, and apparently at that Race Wars event, they, they managed to get over 1,500 import car owners and enthusiasts to this airports to, to turn up so they got a lot of gearheads to, to turn up yeah i'm not sure what else there's left to say about let's talk about the plot let's talk it's, about the plot no no we already did um, yeah. i like i, I mean, like i think michelle rodriguez is um she's good in this and she becomes she, essential to the later films because she's got the acting chops that a lot of the uh, other actors actresses haven't uh i think i think she's she's underused in in the film, this so. first in this first film but watching her in six it's like okay yeah you know you can see and um, obviously in five as well she's she's essential to that so yeah no i, th- I think the the third act in this i is very a bit overstuffed because you've got the botched truck heist again which has some, so long um some impressive stunts with um Paul Walker with a receding hairline. Oh no, that's just a stunt double. Um, <laughs> the very overly aggressive truck drivers. Um, taking not taking, my, not taking my DVDs, motherfucker. You've got chasing those evil Asians down. Um, <laughs> and then you've got the drag race finale. So you've got a lot going on in that last half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, there's because the middle. I think it's well. The the one thing that this film is because I was like, oh god, oh my god! After watching Fast Six, I was just like, that's like two hours and twenty minutes or two hours and ten, and I think that's just a bit on the the runway. No, but um, whereas this is one hour forty seven, boys. That yeah. that's 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 what you want. It's a nice, you know, first act, second act, finish the film, uh, and I think that's why it just it just goes along at a nice pace. But yeah, I, I just thought there was some. It gives you everything that you want. It gets it gets you hooked. You can see why they they it's gone on to have the su- success it has. The way that it's got that success, the 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 twist and turns that the narrative has taken. Um, oh, it's ridiculous! It's 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 all over the place. Well, it's funny considering um, Vin Diesel was in Triple X, which was you know Ugh, in that in that film. in that. I mean, we're obviously massive Bond fans, but that was supposed to. This is a twenty first century Bond, you know, and yeah, they we, kill off a Bond crappy wannabe at the start of the film um it's funny that he was in that because bond continuous continuously reinvents itself stays in the time without it started off kind of ludicrous you know let's just confiscate some nuclear weapons and hold the world to ransom type thing but this is like being and mission impossible kind of started high you know so it's like well how how do we they're trying to they're more bond is trying to refresh itself mission impossible is trying to refresh itself whereas you see this first film and then you see where it is where it's i mean i haven't seen the the last 
the last film. So is it, would you say we, it's time to talk about suspicious spin-offs or are there some coulda, woulda, shouldas we should cover uh, the, first? There's only uh, a quick coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay. So coulda, woulda, shoulda is uh, alternative casting. So for this, apparently Timothy Oliphant, is it Oliphant? Is that how you spell it? Uh, he's the guy that was in Deadwood. He was in The Mandalorian recently with the amazing hair and he had Boba Fett's body armor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. He's a bad guy in Die Hard 4.0. Yes, bad guy in Die Hard. And he was originally offered the role of uh, Dom Toretto, but he turned it down because he had just starred in Gone in 60 Seconds, which is, yeah, 2000. Um, which could cars. Which, which could be a potential retro ramble. So also, lots of guys using lots of car terminology. Oh, that's got a. Yeah. It's got to switch three V eight engine and stuff like that. <laughs> it's also got the cage. Of course. Yeah, so we might cover that at some point. So yeah, he turned it down because he just thought it'd be too similar. So yeah, that, that's that's about it. But yeah, if, getting into suspicious spinoffs. As you say, like this this film franchise, it's kind of rebooted and reinvented itself several times. So the second one, Too Fast, Too Furious. Let's um, play with the title. Yeah, um, Vin Diesel refused to come back for. So they bring in somebody else. They bring in the inferior Tyrese Gibson, who's become a regular staple. Mm-hmm. Then that, I think, does all right. Um, I mean, I've got the... I mean, it's it's almost double the budget. I suppose it brings in a bit more than the first one. But then the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which is three years later, that is a reboot because it hasn't got any of the original cast apart from, a, I think, a cameo from Vin Diesel at the end. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, underperforms considering it's, um, yeah, that, that, you know, it, the original grossed 207 million whereas Tokyo Drift worldwide was 158 million off an 85 million budget. Then Fast, wow. and, Fast and Furious drop the thes, so the fourth one. They bring back the original cast, and I think that does all right, but it's not massive like critical acclaim. Then it's Fast Five that kind of resets it. It reboots. Reboots it and introduces The Rock and makes it ridiculous. Is that sort of... Well, hang on. Let's let's, let's move, go nuts. Let's, let's go move, nuts. <laughs> let's move it away from street racing and let's make it, yeah, just something to do where cars are involved. It's what Mission else can guys? Yeah, Mission Impossible cars. What else can guys and cars do? And I think, but they make a good. Um, you've got they bring in this other personality. You know, you've got uh, you've got the Paul Walker, and it's like um, the Paul Walker Vin Diesel thing going on, and then you bring in the Rock. And am I right in thinking that in the last one we've got that they've got my wife? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, um, so yeah, your fast five is is the one in Rio, which is really is probably the bent is the the high. You and I did you and I watch that at the cinema? No, no. I introduced it to you on on uh, Blu-ray, but we were high fiving the whole way through it (laughs) Um, because it is just it is glee gleeful stupid action cinema at its finest. I just never forget that bit at the start. It's the opening scene where they drive a cliff, they drive the car off off a bridge and then they just jump out of it while it's in midair. And I don't know. It's just brilliant. It's completely ludicrous. And then, yeah, they just get sillier and sillier after that. They introduce 
Jason uh, Statham as a bad guy in the seventh one. That's yeah, hunting it down. He's a yeah. bit like the Terminator. He just keeps turning up, go, where's Toretto? <laughs> um, and like killing people and destroying stuff. And then in the eighth one, they're like, oh, um, actually, he's a good guy now. It's fine. All is forgiven. And it's like, what? It's like, because we like Jason Statham. We can't get rid of him. Yeah. Um, he's in the franchise now. Expendables, yes. Expendables is tied up now. He's available. <laughs> uh, and now, yes, in this latest one, it's... Oh no, my long lost brother is John Cena. Well, no, so, but isn't Jason Statham the um, the the long lost brother of the Welsh guy from yes. the sixth one? Or, or, or in, um, what's he called? Um, He's a great actor. Yeah, got, Lu- oh, sorry, Luke Evans. Luke, Luke Evans. Evans. Got, oh, I like that. I'd like to see him as Bond. Wouldn't you like a Bond? He'd be a good Bond, I'd say. Oh, he's a good Bond, but you know, he's a, he's a homosexual in real life, so people wouldn't accept it, you know. Oh, that's not on. Not, not, not in 2021, George. Come on. I think I, I really liked him in um, in six. I thought he was a very strong. Oh person. no, uh, Luke Luke Evans is has got everything. He he's a triple threat. He's he's a uh, a, a singer, an actor, and a dancer. Oh, I can believe that. Uh, uh, what we'd call in the other days a crooner, a, <laughs> a, Rob, a Robert Goulet. <laughs> Where are all the crooners out there? He's got uh, a Robert Goulet mustache. Bring back, make make him Robert Goulet. Do it. He's very dashing. But enough about Luke Evans. I was thinking these films have kind of replaced the testosterone-fueled 80s and 90s action films that we grew up with. I mean, yes, they... Oh, this is where you would go. This is, this is your commando. This is your diehard. This is, this is, this is where kids... That, we were watching those films as kids. This is what, this is what they're watching now. You know? Well, that's it. I mean, you know, obviously we've still got... We're, we're, we're still lucky to have films like John Wick and, and The Raid and Extraction to keep us proper sort of hardcore violent action fans satisfied but yeah i think outside of the marvel universe and, and that's there that's, needs to be some glossy stuff and, and which that's is what the, this is that's yeah. an important uh, point as well to make think about this is an original property this is a proper cash cow for universal this isn't based on a comic book a game a, a book <laughs> a, a, a book um or an existing film like point break i mean it's an original thing the fact is, yes, it's an original property. And it's, you know, if you look at all the other billion dollar films, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, um, Marvel or DC, they are all existing properties. Whereas yeah. Fast and Furious is one of the few films that's come out of nowhere and is is generating billions. So it's... To you know, Alan Partridge, I think what you're actually saying is people like them. Let's make more of them. Exactly. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Is there's too many Fast and Furious films? No, no, no. That's one way of looking at it. Otherwise, people like them. Let's make more of them. So, yeah, you know, hats off to Universal, to the guys behind it. You know, you can knock down these films and say they're, they're dumb, they're stupid. And they, they are, you know, defying the laws of physics and common sense. And they are gratuitous, but they're entertaining. And people need that. People are enjoying it, and pe- people want to see more of them. Well, I mean, you know, you, you you say dumb, they they are dumb, but that's what that's what that's what people love about these action films. I mean, let's just take one scene out of one of our favorite films ever: the um, the suiting up scene in Commando. Uh, what Arnie's doing when he's getting ready. I mean, it's dumb, it's ridiculous, but it's some of the best bits of cinema you'll ever see, him getting ready. You know, it's like, this is the type of audience that we were, and this this is why we're covering this film, because it, we, 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 had this film come out, you know, 
Where we younger, I think, is a better way. Oh, to yeah, you've got, you know, yeah, Commander, you've got him ripping the seat out of a, a Porsche. You've got him lifting up a, is it a phone phone box with somebody yeah. in it. So, yeah, it's it's that same sort of ridiculous laws of, of physics. But, yeah, the, you know, I say hats off to him. It is, there's no point in us doing suspicious spin-offs. The franchise itself has spun itself off and rebooted itself numerous times. Um, Hobbs and Shaw was, you know, the most recent spin-off. There's a an animated uh, TV uh, show like on Netflix called I think, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. So that's, you know, appeals to kids. There was, you know, theme park rides. There was Fast and Furious Live, where it was like a stunt show. What in was arenas. you telling me that um, actor... Director, producer. Uh, oh, Vin we, Diesel. What, we dis- what George introduced me to today. I, I, Vin Diesel is a man of many talents. Well, yeah. I, in my research, I stumbled across that Vin Diesel's released a song last year. So it's I had not that to, bad either. It's, it's not. It's not. Uh, not entirely terrible. And Vin Diesel has just come out today, obviously on the promotion yeah. for this. Um, and he said that he would love to do a Fast and Furious musical. I mean, you know, they've done so many crazy things they could probably get away with it. That would be the 10th one. It's a musical, bitches. Um. Well, well, apparently, he's, he's, everyone thought it was just going to be 10, but because it's so successful, they're saying, oh, no. And I think it's, you know, typical fashion. I, think I don't know if they're doing the last two back-to-back, so there's going to be 11, technically. Right. Uh, I don't know if there's any plans. So this is basically what you're saying is this one that's just coming out, it's a new trilogy, basically, because uh, it's kind of... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, God knows what. I mean, John Cena is pretty hot in the minute, so I wouldn't be surprised. Which is surprising considering what an utterly terrible wooden actor he is. People love him, Charlie. People love him. I think there's just a lot of people who liked him in WWF who are going to... Anyway, that's that's my... my. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't know if there's any plans for more Hobbs and Shaw, which is the Jason Statham, The Rock spinoff. I mean... That was had a budget of two hundred million for a spin-off, and that was made, it, is it any good? Because you've seen that, I haven't seen that. Um, it's like most of the Fast and Furious films. Good it, action. There's some Funny. good action. <laughs> there's apart from the bit that I, I my cynic, I had my cynic hat on where they're supposed to be racing around London very fast, and I was like, that's not London. That's clearly Glasgow. That's St George's <laughs> Square. Um, but it's. They've those two have got you know the rock and and the staff have got good chari- chemistry, good charisma, but the film's too long and it goes it goes on. I think it's about yeah two and a half hours, and the last the last act is ridiculous. They're on an island in I think they're in Hawaii, and it just gets ridiculously silly. Are they chasing those- our favourite uh, wannabe Bond? Why can't we have him as Bond as the oh, Idris? Bit, bit- is an Idris, isn't it? Super, yeah, super suit or something. I, I've seen the trailer. Yeah, no, it's it. It has some good bits, but it just it is that constant need to, pardon the pun, reinvent the wheel and go bigger and badder and and in, in, insaner than before. It just kind of it's just like, well, just scale it down a little bit, and it would have been a bit more entertaining. But yeah, it's it just it's. I say the last sort of half hour, forty minutes just ruins it. Well, they're going to keep making them. So I think 
just before we sign off, this is going to be a recurring feature, we hope, if it goes down well. Uh, we're going to be testing the water with a few new features in the coming months because we are getting our gear set to start doing some Patreon. So you, our avid listeners, can get your hands on some uh, some exclusive content, some early content. And one of the things we've it's come up before um, are the drinking games. Uh, now, obviously, please drink responsibly, but a lot of a lot of films, a good way to sum up things that happen maybe a little bit a little bit of there's a little bit of repetition or that's just funny so anyway there's a there's a number of fast and furious drinking games out there and i thought i would share with you oh please some, do please some, do so this is just 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 for, so i've split this up into two ways so we've covered the first film so this this first part is for the first film and then the second part will be for the for the rest of the franchise so in the first film you need to take a drink when sorry take a drink every time a punch is thrown there's a lot of fighting in the film uh, somebody says dom somebody uses a car metaphor paul walker says bro vin diesel makes an angry face um the camera focuses on the gear stick um women make out with each other um and then chug whenever i oh know take a shot when a car is driving backwards chug whenever noz is used in a race <laughs> and then um the sequel edition george i think you'll like this so well the the, the obvious one is you've got to take his drink when anybody says family family whenever in all of the sequels whenever the crucifix necklace is on screen take oh a drink. god that's that's uh, i you know only watched the first half hour of fast and furious six and it was all over the place yeah um then this this is the retro ramble edition so whenever vin diesel looks like he wants to um get intimate with paul walker take a drink whenever the rock looks like he wants to get intimate with vin diesel take a drink S sweaty um, rock that's got to be worth a drink yeah well, I can say, and then the last one is whenever the rock crosses his arms. And then the final killer um, is you've got to drink whenever previous fast movies are referenced. Which oh, nice. The entire the first 10 minutes of the sixth film is like. Oh, it's like, it's, it's like, it's um, like um, Super, Superman, Superman 2. Too. Yeah. yeah, where they go through the entire film plot. Um, and as I said before, as always, please remember to drink and drive responsibly, but just separately. So yeah. please remember to drink responsibly and drive responsibly. I do like the disclaimer at the end of these films. Um, like these are stunts. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, um, yeah, no, that, was, that, that, was, that was the one thing I, I noted. There's a lot of, um, and I, again, I don't know if it's, it's, it's me being the cynical Brit, but they really want to, really sell in that changing gears is exotic and exciting it's like no no mate that's what we do all, all the time road traffic here. it's like oh he's got it he's got a stick what do they call it a stick shift he's driving stick he's driving, driving stick stick shifts like whoa yeah no not everyone drives automatic cars um in our small little no, but island I, there's that moment where dom in this and it is a cool oh, shot it's aggressive he, it's aggressive he, 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 sh he shifts into gear and it follows his hand and then goes into the car and you see that person's firing and calm oh, down george oh, calm oh, down oh no i've just come uh i just like the bit when brian is escaping with dom when the police are trying to crack down on the street race and so the camera is just so funny because like you've got it's focusing on them and the car chase that's that's going on and then it just keeps on looking and like what does because like paul walker's focusing on driving it's like really tense and vin, vin diesel bless him is having to do two things at once he's having to look tense and scared and impressed with paul's uh, paul ah. walker's driving and it's the impressed oh. face that gets me it's so homoerotic he's like he's like looking across at him and he's just like raising his eyebrows ah. and there's like a half smile and um so yeah anyway in the show notes there'll be a 
there'll be a link to the fast and the curious, which is, um, which is worth a watch, worth a giggle. So uh, these films are fun. We recommend watching them. Um, the drinking game is included because they are fun with a few drinks. If you're old enough, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you're old enough to watch these films, you're old enough to drink them. Yeah. I mean, 12 year olds. It's, it was an interesting um, journey back, you know, can see, yeah, as, as we've said, you know, for such a small scale film, moderately budgeted, you know, I think it was $38 million budget and they're now over $200 million. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting to see what it started off as and, and what it's become. Uh, I think if I was given the option, uh, I probably would, you know, I'd rather just go back and watch Point Break yeah. over this. If someone said, oh, do you want to watch a Fast and Furious movie? I'll likely go for five because I say that's a lot more fun and silly and stupid. It's more, um, more aware of itself. Yeah. But I mean, I think, you know... And are- it has um, our favourite stereotype uh, South American drug lord, you know, the guy from Clear and Present Danger and Desperado. Where's money? Where's yeah. my money? Exactly. It's like him and the, the Russian guy from Mission Impossible 2. He's always Dimitri. a Russian guy. He even turned up bloody Downton Abbey, that guy. That, as I say, George and I are going to get around to doing a feature on our favourite uh, typecast villains. Um, so, yeah, this was a film from the other side of Naughties. It's not really... George and I were older still, men. You know, still we were, 20 years, baby. Still 20 years. Still 20 years. Well, we are getting older, but George was able to drive, uh, for fuck's sake. So, I mean, um, these are not so much... These are the films of our later youth. Um, not as much... A different type of nostalgia but it's yeah. yeah it's been a long a long time and we will continue to cover early naughty's films um when it seems appropriate and go get out there go to the cinema um get vaccinated first maybe um wear, go a, to mask. The cin- wear a mask wash your hands don't don't do all of that in the cinema but yeah go, get out and see the film i mean it'll, it'll it'll do fine this film will do fine it's got a oh they're, they're already saying it's you know well breaking the box office numbers i think it has been a return to get getting people back in to the cinema. It's got Charlie's Tehran in it, you know. Oh yes, you know she she turns up in the, eighth, the last one, the eighth one with some yeah. terrible dreads. She's like one of those like crusty like girls you see at a festival. Yeah, no, she she seems to be intent on making herself less and less female in any, and attractive in any way possible. It would seem. But anyway, that's Charlie's Tehran. Um, right, so uh, that has been us taking a quick retro ramble on the fast and furious the fast and, and the, the furious. furious the original um, yeah uh, is there anything else we need to cover george before we sign off uh no no just the, the usual disclaimer of if you enjoy retro ramble please leave us a review on your your podcast platform of choice get in touch with us you know we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram there's our website retroramble.blog so you know get in touch if you've got any suggestions any questions you want to ask us any yeah. any film suggestions yes and specifically for uh, the features that we cover we are as I said before we are going to be expanding some of these uh, so what would you like to see more of would you like us to talk a lot more about hear more of what yeah would you, you what, what do you want to hear more of would you want to hear more about uh, our ideas for spin-offs uh, would you like to hear um, films that are other linked to this you know yeah do you want us to explore sequels in more detail? Because yes. where we haven't covered that many sequels. We try and keep the episodes confined to an hour. So if there were some aspects we could talk about in more detail, um, you know, let us know. But uh, okay, well, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George. And you've been listening to Retro Apple. So thank you very much. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.